Hello and welcome to the Victory Bell, the podcast. I am your host, Paul Oren, the founder and editor of thevictorybell.com, a website dedicated to Valparaiso University Athletics. We've had a ton of content on the site. If you're not a subscriber yet, hop on board. $5 a month, $49.99 for the entire year. Gets you all of the content that you need. Just wrapped up last night a three-part series taking a look at the hiring of Valparaiso men's basketball coach Roger Powell. Kind of looked at it from the perspective of the athletic director, Charles Small, and the process that he went through. Looked at it through the perspective of the president, Jose Padilla, and a comment that he made during the press conference about a new arena. He breaks all of that down and then looked at it from the perspective of Roger Powell as he begins his first days as Valpo's basketball coach. And that third story touches on a very important thing here at Valpo, and that is building a new staff. And when you have to build a new staff, that means you got rid of the old staff. And a member of that old staff is Luke Gore. Luke is a longtime friend uh, of the podcast, of Valvo Basketball, of me in life, right? And I told Luke, and you'll hear this again, I'll repeat this in a second when I'm with him, but I told Luke early on, when the time comes, Luke, I'd like you to join the podcast so you can talk with your voice about your experience at Valpo. Not a quote in a paper, not a quote in a story, but your voice. And and Luke said, absolutely, say the word, let's do it. And uh, we waited, um, and you'll see why we waited. You're going to hear from Luke. You're going to hear about his process of uh, his time at Valpo. You know, we're going to talk about 20 years of memories here. And in the end, you're going to find out where Luke Gore is going. He's got a job. He's ready to go. Very excited. And uh, and this one meant a lot to me. You can probably hear it in my voice a little bit. This one meant a lot to me. Luke means a lot to me. And and I, I say this later on in the interview with him, but like you don't spend 20 years with somebody in this profession and not have it matter. And yeah, journalists and, and you know, and, and the people they cover, you've got it. Look, I've told Luke, Luke knows this, right? When they win, you write about it. When they lose, you write about it. But at the end of the day, there's a humanity in this. I tried to touch on that with the Matt Lottick stuff. Uh, you know, Matt's been great. We've had a lot of conversations. I'll, I'll be a fan of that guy, too. I just think the way they've handled everything has been great. I'll also tell you this, right? Roger Powell, you know, I, I, I've been friends with him. And, and you know, our relationship will evolve a bit in terms of how, like, I've got a job to do. He's got a job to do. But I'm pulling for that guy. You know what? Now they start 0 and 10. We're going to write about how they're 0 and 10. But, uh, you know, it's the people that matter. And in the people that matter to me in this profession, it's hard to top Luke Gore. And I thought it was important for him to be able to have a platform to, to share his thoughts. And I mean, that guy could write a book and I would be the first person in the line to, to buy it because he's had such great, great memories and great people that he's been around and he's one of the best so without further ado here's Luke Gore sharing his thoughts his experiences his memories and where he's going with the victory bell I'm so internally grateful for Luke Gore thrilled to have here maybe probably I'm pretty certain Todd Eichau's up there but the guest that has been on Union Street Hoops or the victory bell the podcast the most out of any uh luke gore is here uh luke thank you so much for joining um i thought it was really important i i texted you last week i said hey man the podcast is yours i felt like you know so many times you would never really get a chance to say goodbye in life um or see you later or whatever that might be and you've earned the right to say what you want to say to the valpo fans I, I know that my podcast doesn't reach all of them, but it reaches enough of them. Um, and and I and I didn't want it to be a quote in a story. I wanted it to be your breath, your words, right? Your thoughts. Um, and I guess I would just start by asking you, what would you want to say to the Valpo fans, community, anything like that? Oh, Paul, man. Uh you're you're one of the best in the business and our friendship and colleagues and 
everything you do for Valpo basketball and the the students is like it's it's just amazing. So um, now I'm honored that you put up, you know, wanted to talk to me. And I've always thought I've 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 been through some changes at Valpo, right? And I've I've always wondered why, like, not more coaches have reached out to say thank you. Like to me, that's all I really have to say is it's not not goodbye or not anything like that. It's just thank you. Um, so thankful for 21 years of Alpo. Um, so thankful to be at the university. So thankful to be in the community. Um, you put out a stat, and I, I'll be honest, I've been on social media, but I have not read the victory bell in a while. I've been pretty busy doing some things. Um, so um, I, I, but everyone should read the victory bell. It's, it's amazing. But, uh, you know, when, when I think back, um, it's just, it, it was an amazing way for me to start my career the beginning of my career um, amazing way for my, me and my wife to start our family and doing that in this community. And the, the last 20 years of Valpo community, think how awesome it's changed. You've been, you've been able to see it and how great it had the people. And then all of these things, Maricostas brought all this stuff to the, to the city. It's, it's just amazing. And then the university is, you know, um, I did tweet something out. I, I know you saw it and, and uh, the response from people were just overwhelming, uh, you know, just not, I just, I mean, I'm humbled by um, everything that people were saying, but um, you know, my mom was a Valpo grad. I played for Cal Luther who played at Valpo. Um, I've got the coach, what 22% of, I saw that tweet 22 plus percent. That means one out of five. And so out of a hundred years, 20 years is about one out of five. So, um, so it's, you know, if you think back of it on that, it's, it's pretty easy math on your part, but you actually went into the detail of players and all that. And so, um, I mean, just so many, I, I, I can't, you're going to have to ask me about memories because I can't think of them all, but I'm just so thankful for my time and, and so ready for my next step. Like, and when we got the news, like on my calendar, it's on November, I'm uh, March 23rd. It's like, go get going day, 2023. On that day, I realized no matter who the head coach is, no matter what happens, the gores are moving. We are excited for the future. Um, and, and, you know, I've, I mean, we've talked about it privately. It has nothing against that, but it, it, it's just such a great start to my career and, and just so excited for the next uh, step in my in my career and family and and uh, and just been so motivated by it. It's been, I, I felt awful for the guys more than anything. Uh, the guy, the team, guys on the team, the other guys on the staff, I thought, I think one of the first calls I made um, on the 23rd was to help Matt Bowen uh, try to get a job. And then it was, then it was Tavon Walker. And then it's, and then it was uh, Rob Holloway and, and then it was uh, Thomas. And, and so I, I thought the ownership of not ownership, but that relationship, I felt bad about them, you know, more than anything, but for me, just ready to roll, but it's because of how awesome this place is, how awesome Valpo is. I can't thank like, so there's no, I have no bitterness. I mean, I'm very – I wish we'd have had a better couple seasons. Um, but you know what? It happens. It was a learning experience. And um, I know everybody's going to end up in a better place. You know, I, I, I would be remiss if I didn't say that one of those calls or messages the night of the 23rd was to me. Yeah. Uh, we blew a tire in my household that night. Um, I go. We went to Buffalo Wild Wings that night because it was kind of like I said to my girlfriend – Work's going to get real busy here over the next couple of days, and I might not see you a lot, so let's go to B-Dubs. We, we grab some food. B-Dubs have just been the source of so many great memories that we have of going there. And mm-hmm. on the way home, uh, uh, there was a, a pull into uh, Family Express going over a curb, blew a tire, unfortunate. And, uh, and so I get home, and I tweet out of all the nights to blow a tire, and here's Luke Gore on the night that your life kind of got upended texting me at 1130 at night saying, Hey man, how can I help? And that just, I mean, that meant the world to me, right? Like I know like journalists and coaches, you're like, you're on two different sides, but like you spend 20 years with somebody it's, it's, it's you know, it's going to be real. Right. And I've always appreciated that. Um, we, uh, we knew when it was time to do business and we knew when it was time to, to be there. I mean, look, you've, you've, you've been at every single Valpo game since 2002 
I went there from 99 to 02. We, we, you know, and then, and then we got Todd, the other guy, you know, he, we, we, we talk about him, like he's yeah. been there forever. And, and Aaron Levitt's seen a bunch of basketball and that's like the four guys right there that have seen the most. I mean, I, you know, dot nectar line, we can't rule out dot. Good but, dot. All right. Um, I, I do want to ask just again, you, you, you find out that news you you keep showing up to the office. You're trying to help everybody. You're trying to do your own thing. Um, you said right away, you know, the gores are moving. Was it just, uh, and you said something to me um, during this process that I think about a lot too, as someone who's spent most of my life in Valpo. And I always kind of wonder like what's out there beyond this place. Um, and sometimes I think, you know, maybe in order to accomplish what I want to accomplish in life, sometimes it might be somewhere else. Um, there's got to be a little bit of excitement to that, right? About kind of the, the, the journey that you're about to embark on. Um, I'm not, once again, like you said, I, I was so worried about the people that are around me, um, not worried about myself at all, um, or my, my family. Um, I mean, I was, I was overly excited. Um, but not, not because of the situation. I, I don't get me wrong. I mean, I felt I felt awful. I mean, I, 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 I just felt like to me, I let Valpo down. I let Matt Lottick down. I let that, like, that was my initial feelings, like emotional feelings. I had a buddy call me and, and that was the only time. And I, I don't, I mean, that was the only time it really got emotional to me. And it wasn't because I was upset about the future or scared of the future. I just, I just, I just felt like as, as an assistant coach, I don't want to, I mean, I've been here long enough that people know my name, but that's not my job. Like, it's not for me to be the center of attention. That's not my job, but it's for me to make the program better. You know, so in all these times, like, I never want anybody to know that I recruited a kid. Like, I've never told you to make sure, hey, make sure everybody knows that I recruited whoever it is. And, and of that 22%, I probably, probably 50% of those I actually did was the lead recruiter, but that's, that's not, that's not who I am. I just felt like I, I was really emotional at night because in my mind, my job was to make Matt Lottick win games and Valpo win games. And I was supposed to do everything I can. And I let him down. And it was, I had a buddy call me and it was, and it was, uh, he was there for me. And it was just, at one time I just, I was just cried. I was driving home. It was, you know, I just cried. I was like, I let him down. Like, and that's, that was the most emotional I got about it because, you know, I, I have great ambitions for my career. Like, I want to be a head coach. I, I, I wanted to be a head coach by the year 15 in this business. All right. So I'm a few years back. Um, but that's, you know, that's, that's my goal. And so I took that as this is a sign to go get uncomfortable, get kicked in the butt and get after it. And I, I woke up, I mean, probably slept two hours that night, not because I was worried. I was just, I couldn't go to bed at night. I wanted to come help you. And if we don't even know each other a year, I'm still coming to, I'm, I'm going to offer it up. And I was disappointed I couldn't come because I could have gave you a big hug right then too. But, um, uh, and then I woke up like three in the morning, you know, and I was ready to go and like, what do I do? And then, and so that, that's, that's the way I felt about this whole thing. So um, it's been a, it's just been a, a huge, to me, a huge opportunity to say, Hey, get out there and do what you do. I want to look back a little bit at your career at Valpo because I just think it's there's so many great memories over the last 20 years. You played for Cal Luther, um, the late Cal Luther. Cal Luther went to the high school that my parents went to. We've got his great connections there. I had a chance early on in COVID to have a chance to talk to coach for a long time and he's since passed. But uh, uh, so you come to Valpo, you get hired, you're on the support staff. Scott Drew's first year, your first collegiate game you're coaching in is against Carmelo Anthony, right? Like, how, <laughs> yeah. how did Valpo end up on your map? Well, uh, so so Cal Luther is a big part. My mom graduated from Valpo. So, um, I mean, I, but that had nothing to do with me getting here. Um, and I, I, you probably know the story, but not everybody does. I was an intern in recreation and fitness at Notre Dame. I was so naive when I played at small Bethel college in West Tennessee, I love Bethel college in West Tennessee. Um, I was so naive, but Cal Luther gave me great confidence. He was like, 
Luke, if you want to do this, you can do it. You have the personality. You, you, you're a good looking guy. Just get out there and go. Now, I've, as we know, me and you, Paul, we're not as good looking as, as some people <laughs> might think. But so I, I thought I took an internship. I got an internship. I didn't take anything. They gave me a great opportunity. And it was in, ath- in athletics, but it was with recreation and fitness. And like a lot of guys go play pro and then they get a job. They don't have to hustle and do all those things as much because of their playing career. I knew I didn't have that. I had a playing career. I didn't play for college. And I was, I mean, I was okay. I was, a, you know, touting. I was an academic All-American and we won a conference and did all those things. But I didn't have what it would take to get to the Division One level. So went to Notre Dame and I worked my tail off. I worked every day from about six to midnight. So I could finish my job as an intern in fitness, but then I could spend as much time with the basketball team, as much time with Coach Bray and his staff. I used to every day at eleven, I'd, I'd wipe, I'd go to the the uh, the coaches' fitness room because the the coaches always the basketball coaches worked out at eleven, and I would clean up their sweat, but I could talk to them like I'm in there cleaning machines and I'm talking to them. I'm telling them, and I think I think they think I'm crazy. Probably at the end of the year, um, I did a really good job and. And one of the greatest people ever, I mean, I, I don't even compare to her, is Ren Seibert was at Balbo. And, I mean, she is the I, – I, there's not a better person out there other than my wife and, and my mom. And I don't know if they're better. They're just more important to me. But she's up there. And so she needed a job. It, it, it was another internship as the director of intramurals. And I was like, if I – the only reason I'm taking this job is if I have some – if I'm helping basketball in some way. So I'm here on the interview with Ren, and she, I meet with Homer a little bit. He's not the coach anymore. And then I go into the office, and Scott's in there with uh, Dwayne Totley and Mark Moorefield. I think it was just those three. And I, I go in, I was like, and Homer says, hey, this is, you know, introduces me, and he'd like to help out the team. And Scott got up, and Scott, hey, we'll take any help we can get. We shake hands, I leave the office. So then I meet with Bill Steinbrecher, and an and amazing human, amazing Valpo alum, uh, AD. And uh, he was like, well, what, 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 how can I get you here to help Ren? Well, I just met with Scott. He wants me here to help. And so if I can have some, you know, just make sure. He's like, I'll make you administrative assistant to basketball. So Scott said one sentence to me. Bill Steinbecker turned that into a volunteer role on the basketball team. And then I had a month of June. I didn't have any work. I, my, my Notre Dame stopped and Valpo didn't start to July. So in true fashion of what you're supposed to do in life, I showed up every day at Valpo in June. By the end of the month, I was doing scheduling. I was, um, what else was he had me doing? Uh, I was doing flyers. I, and Scott's big on flyers. Big um, on flyers, I, yeah. I, I, was big, I was getting all the NBA information for him. I was, I mean, I was just, I was in it. I started travel, starting to do travel for him. And it was in one month. And then I started my job with Ren. And so I had to make my schedule. And I, I slept at the office most of the time because I was driving back to South Bend. So that I, most that year I would sleep, you know, in now I didn't have an office. So I, I did up upstairs by Jim uh, Hilltop. So I'd sleep in there a little bit. And that was my first year at Valpo. And, and then we finally moved to an apartment here. And um, by the end of the year, Scott promoted me to director of ops. That lasted for about a week. And then uh, when the Baylor stuff came up, evolved, I did everything I could to help Driscoll and him with that job and doing all the things. It, Scott's book is awesome, by the way. Um, and uh, and then he took the when he took the Baylor job, he brought me in to the office. It was him and Homer, and he he basically said, "Luke, you can come with me, but you're not going to. You're going to be a full time assistant for my dad." And I said, "Well, I'll be a better assistant than you." That's what I told him. He was like, "I knew you'd say that." And so I had no clue that two years out of high out of college, I'd be a full time assistant at Valparaiso, Indiana. I had no clue where I was going to live, and uh, and now you know, twenty years after that. Um, we're talking and I, I just, how awesome is that? 21 years. It's just been all over the place. And got to work for four different head coaches, three different ADs, three different conferences. I know I've, I've won more games than any Valpo assistant. I've won more championships than any Valpo assistant. I've coached more NBA players than any Valpo assistant. I've recruited more players than anybody Valpo assistant. So all these things, but that doesn't mean, that just means I know a lot of people. I mean, it's, I, I don't care about the accolades. We were successful. We went to two different leagues, and every coach that was hired at Valpo that was at Valpo when they got hired, they asked me to stay. And when I was out looking for a job, everybody was like, 
well, everybody works with you once, once you're on their staff. So why wouldn't I want you on my staff? And so that just, you know, that was pretty awesome. And then, you know, when I, you know, I hear Matt talking about people, it's like, he's the best recruiter I've been on, you know, and, you know, he, he recruits better than anybody I know. And I'm like, you know, it, it makes you feel like I'm doing something, you know, um, but I, once again, I, 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 my job as an assistant at Valpo is to make Valpo better. And I, I did the best I could. And I was hoping that I wish I was leaving and we were, we'd won more games the previous year, but I truly believe that the, the lives at Valpo is better. I mean, those, I, I think I've touched people's lives and that's, that's about all I care about. Your first year as a full-time assistant, you went to the NCAA tournament. You probably thought it was going to be that easy all the time, right? <laughs> well, the first year as a volunteer, like we played Carmelo, right? Yeah. Right. And that was, that was the, the year that yeah, as a volunteer. We went to NIT. Yeah. And we won league, and the next year we win league again, and we start off rocky a little bit, but then we got rolling in league play, and we went to the tournament. I was like, man, we got this. And I, I and, and then I had a, I got a top top sixty kid in the country as a sophomore to commit. Um, we're not got, and then his, we got his brother instead. Um, but I love his brother so. Um, and if anybody, everybody, you can ask you about that story, but um. And it was like in my second year, like, I'm like, this is, I mean, I can get top 100 kids. I can do all these. I mean, this is easy. And, um, and then I just kept thinking, man, Scott drew Scott drew like all the time. Like what would Scott drew do? Like all the time. I think it to this day would Scott drew, what, what would he be doing? Who is he calling right now? And so, cause he, one of his things was my best recruiting class I ever got. I never left office. So you can make an impression and never leave the office. And I, and I keep that with me all the time. So you had for a long time uh, a, a picture of Ron Howard in your office. I think it was Ron Howard. Um, and you had some other pictures, too, over the years, right? Uh, one of the things I always appreciate about Luke Gore's office is that there would be a, uh, a picture of the Chicago skyline in your office. And so I think when international players came in, you kind of pointed to that and said, hey, we're really close to Chicago. If Chicago players came in, you're like, hey, man, we can get away from this. Um, yeah. And I want to ask, you know, just about some of those early teams, uh, you know, and, and you know, just we don't if, if if we talked about every player, we'd be here all day and we got stuff to do. But but Ron Howard is someone I think you kind of really gelled with early on. There were some other guys, Opland, Kikis, all of that. But what was it about maybe that picture, of Ron, and just your relationship with him in the early going? You know, Ron has one of the great, so many great moms. So I'm not trying to offend any moms, but his mom is so, so amazing. And Ron was in a sit-out year my first year. So we really hung out with him a lot and had a lot of faith in what Ron could do as a player. But then you got to know Ron as a person. And we just, I was like, man, this guy's, there's something about him. And you can see that now how he's dominating. Him and Risha are just dominating life in Fort Wayne. They got a beautiful family. Uh, she homeschools. She's got businesses. He's working in the Pacers organization. I mean, he is killing it. And he and he's still awesome, Ron. And his mom texts me maybe once a month, once every two months. Hey, coach, love you. What you doing, coach? Love you. And I'm like, you know, you can just call me Luke now. I mean, like that's in my mind. I'm like, but it's just. And so I'm the biggest the. One of the best memories I have of Ron is he graduated and um, he was getting done. And his mom's like, please come to it. We're having a graduation play. Please come. I'm like, of course. And so it was at his house up in Chicago and it was just his people there. And it was me and, and Cheryl. And, and I just, I, that's why we do it. Like we, and I, we do it because we're competitive as heck, but the reason we get into this type of competitiveness is I'm sitting there in his family with his at his house and and it, we're just we're going through memories and I, I, I that's the picture I have up is after graduation not on campus in Chicago me and Cheryl in their apartment um and uh and it's just it, I, it's just what we do so or what you what I do I mean I, and and you would do it too I, I've seen all the pictures of all the graduates you have and that's why you're so amazing Valpo and um, so yeah, that's, I, I can't, I talk forever about Ron and Risha and their family. I go to, I, they live in Fort Wayne. My kids are from Fort Wayne. Like, I mean, there's so many things. I, I just, I love that guy and really love his mom more. So the 07, 08 season is your first in the horizon league. And you guys are kind of like, 
pick to not do well. It's no one knows what you're going to do. You roll into that league. The Horizon League's got this weird thing where they've got a couple games early. I feel like uh, you won those. Um, we did. You know, you 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 kind of yeah. You beat at at Wright State and at Detroit, and we'll get to we'll get to an at Detroit memory a little bit later on in this. But um, you do that. You 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 I mean, you go to Chapel Hill. You, well, first of all, you go to Wisconsin. You get screwed by the worst officiating I've ever seen in that game. I'm just letting you relive all this stuff right now, but but ultimately uh, you got some some good battles with a nationally ranked Butler team. Um, you we get the bracket buster, a double overtime win over Miami of Ohio, where uh, that was uh, that was a fun night. Uh, and then you go to the conference tournament, your first time in Indy, and, and you beat Wright State. You lose a close one to Cleveland State, but we get this invitation to a tournament that no one's ever heard of called the CBI. And you fly out to Washington and you win a, a last second game against the NBA player, John Brockman in Washington. It's the program's first postseason victory since the sweet 16 year. What was that like to, to know that you guys, you know, no one really knew what the CBI was, but that experience. Wow. I, I didn't, I didn't realize that all happened that year. Really? I mean, um, your memory is better than mine, Paul, but I'm looking at the website right now. So you got your computer up. Um, I don't have a computer right now um, uh, in front of me. So I, uh, it was, you know, we were going in the horizon. We were ready to keep winning. Right. Um, but we knew it. I mean, it's going to be a huge jump. It was like at the time, the horizon league was a top 15 league and, and the uh, midcon at the time, which now the summit uh, wasn't. So, but we had a great group of guys, Sean Huff, Jared Lloyd, um, Brian Bushy was a, I love, I mean, I feel awful when I speak about Brian and the things that happened to him. I mean, he, he just, I mean, he's such a great dude, just got involved with some of the wrong people, but, um, or wrong things. I, I shouldn't say wrong people, wrong things. Um, man, it's tough. Uh, but, yeah. but the team was so good. I was just good guys. And I remember midway through the season, we had a thing with Sean Huff and we were in the locker room. We got back, we lost the game. In Chicago, I don't remember against who, um, but it was it was a closer game. And, and at some point, it was like, as coaches, we kind of questioned uh, the team's um, buy-in. And Sean's a pretty tame guy. I mean, he's been the captain of the Finnish basketball forever, so he's not that tame. He's pretty – I mean, he's an amazing leader. He exploded. Like, you don't think – like, and he proved – and after that, I don't think he missed a three the rest of the year. Like – that dude was on fire. He was a dime, one of the best players Valpo's had. And uh, Matt Bowen, and a lot of people know, Matt Bowen was the lead recruiter on him and did an amazing job to get Sean Huff here. here. And so, um, and once again, Matt's not a big in to this home on that other guys. He's brought in some great players over the years. Um, and so, uh, that year, man, we went, we went, and then we went to Houston. I remember the Houston game. We didn't have a chance in that one. Um, they were good. But the, Washington game, they were huge. And Jared Lloyd made some big plays. And uh, a lot of guys, and what we did then was we started this big, uh, this big lineup. Like, and then we brought Jared and McPherson off the bench. And it, uh, not McPherson, was it McPherson? Yeah, I'm looking at this. Yeah. I mean, Diebler must have been the starting point guard in that game. Yeah, no, it was. Yeah. Mike Rogers is listed as a guard here in this game. Yeah, no. You had Yurule, Sean, and Brian in the starting lineup. And, and so, uh, yeah, we started big, but we only played that way for about a minute and a half most games. And we did it not just that game. We did a few games. And then we brought in Jared and Brandon. The thought process was, all right, we're going to bring in two fresh six-foot, maybe six-foot guards, right, that are fast, that can get in the lane, that can make plays. And we're going to do it after their point guards are, are two minutes Wow. And that was the whole game plan. And we, and it worked for us for a while. So it was, uh, we tried at Houston. They had a lot of guards like that. So, um, it, it didn't really matter, but, uh, what an experience. I mean, so many. Obviously the next year is one that, uh, that was the first, like, uh, really kind of tough losing year, but then you guys bounce back from that. Right. And then you bring in this, really the, this new era of, Matt Kenny, Ryan Brokoff, Tommy Kurth, 
those guys all came in as a class together. And then you added in, you sprinkled in some of these transfers later on. Um, we had a blast, Luke, uh, like a month ago when we sat down with the uh, the 12-13 team on Zoom. And obviously people who are, are listening to this had a chance to see that on the Victory Bell. Um, Eric Bugs was in that group. He was, uh, he was a freshman the year that you guys struggled. Um, and then he got hurt. But, uh, you know, briefly, obviously Bugs is someone I know you're very close with. Um, just what do you take from that era of, of Valpo basketball? Of Eric. I mean, been so many of Valpo, and uh, everybody puts them in areas, but they kind of overlap. Like, Vashiro played on both the teams that team and the and the uh, the 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 team with Jabril and Alec and those guys. But, um, so the benefit we had was when we were recruiting and we got we had Tommy, but we had we had Matt Kenny coming in who it was going to be an Indiana All Star. Um, love his family, love him. And you know, spent a lot of time recruiting him. And the year before, we spent a lot of time. I spent a lot of time with Eric Bugs, getting him and a kid from Memphis. Like obviously, I'm from Tennessee, so um, it was I, you know, it gave me a good reason to go home every once in a while. But I uh, just love Eric's personality, and his speed, and his teamness, and everything about teamness, whatever that means. Um, but everything about Eric, you know, except I didn't know how much he'd score, but I thought he could. I thought he could win. I thought he just win because he's a winner. He's not. He's not about flash. He's about winning. All the time. He's killing it at UT Martin. Amazing, amazing coach. He will be the first guy I hire on my staff when I become a head coach. Like, first guy I talk to. And then I'll recruit the crap out of him to come wherever it's at. Um, I love him. But he comes, and we and we had a tough year. But you know what happens sometimes in tough years, Paul? There's a lot of injuries. Bushy transferred at the end of the year. Uh, Sam Hompaw left, yeah. Sam Hompaw went pro at at the end of the summer, like almost August, end of July, he, he tells us he's going pro. Brian Bushy transfers in July to go back home. Um, and then uh, Brandon McPherson had microfracture surgery. That was our starting, one starting guard, our starting big, and our, our leading scorer. Like all these guys are gone and they, they're not going to play. So Eric wasn't supposed to play his freshman. He played the whole time. And with not, a, I mean, the team just wasn't, equipped with enough scoring all the guys we had we had jake and your and, and our rule at one point was like let's have jake play more consecutive minutes than anyone in the history of apple basketball and he and did so he, played, he did like he played eight straight games we didn't take him out and then we took him out like at a home game senior night maybe um and then your was like can we have somebody lead us in every stat because he's got to go play pro and so let's try to win the games but we probably let's do that for these two guys because they've done so much for the program and your did he let us an assist and rebounds and and uh, points and so and then and so what it led to was we got but the only guy we got off that team was really Eric Bucks so he was this catalyst he was here for five years the next year he had a red shirt because he had he had a leg problem but while we were winning those games our recruiting class was Brokoff Kenny and uh Tommy and uh I think that was we might have had one more Alverson was in that class he only lasted yeah Alverson yeah so we had four but it was I mean and we we knew Matt Kenny was going to be really good. We were very hopeful that Ryan Brofroff was – and we knew Tommy was a leader. And so they signed early. We also got Corey Johnson, and he was sitting out that year. So now we have like, we have guys, and it's different than the United States. So then we get to the next year, and we sign Brandon Wood. And so now we have Brandon Wood and, and Corey for two years. Eric is now older. We got Matt Kenny and Brokoff, and you knew right away that Brokoff and, and Matt were going to be great players for us. You knew Eric was a leader for us. And so, and that just led, and then we added transfers to that group. A lot of them, a lot of people like, Valpo's been transfer you in and out the entire time I've been here. Like, it's just what we do. Like, it's just, we used to sit guys and let them develop, and then they'd be really good. So, um, so that era led to the best collection of guys that loved each other all the time that I've and and we've had a lot of collections, but that was like from a guy from Memphis to Australia, to Mooresville, to South Bend, to transfers from uh, Ole Miss to Southern Illinois, to Iowa state. And then then when Brandon Wood and Corey left one graduate, one transfer um, to Michigan state, because you know, that that once you could grad transfer, that's when you have that option, people go. Um, 
but that next year, everybody was a little worried. I had no worry. I was like, this is going to be the best year we've had in a long time. Because I knew how good, if you put Matt Kenny and Ryan Brokoff in there for 32 minutes a night, we were good. Will Bogan came in. He really played. Started in the SEC as point guard. We had him at the two. Um, I had a great relationship with some guys down at Ole Miss, and so we were able to get him. So I had two Southern boys, even though Ole Miss was from – he's from – I mean, uh, Will's from Boise. In my mind, I got two guys from the South, Matt Kenny, Ryan, and then Kevin Van Vyke showed up. And Vashiro showed up. And then we just – all these great memories. And it's just a great, great fun group. And that, you know, obviously gave way to the next – group right these guys that senior year were were killing it but in the stands was Jabril Adekoya, Alexis Williams, mm-hmm. Alec Peters they were coming up for games right they were invested and it's such a I think about this now right like with I mean that you know just because of the nature of what's going on coaching change and all of that like Valpo's got maybe four five or six guys on their roster right now like there are guys that are going to play pivotal roles next year that might not even know where Valpo is. And when you guys have a system going where, where these dudes are coming in in high school and watching the games in the stands and then they show up, um, you know, I'll just, I want to jump to the NIT run. What was that? You're part of a team that loses in a, in a heartbreaking fashion in Detroit. Um, a lot of guys could have quit. A lot of coaches could have quit. A lot of t- people could have just said, no, that's adversity. I don't want, we're done. And you guys rallied and went to the NIT, went to New York. What, what was that like, that whole experience? You know, it was uh, awesome, difficult, um, challenging, but great. I guess how life should be, right? Um, so we got disappointed, uh, not uh, in the game, terrible upset, bad upset. Um, first time they, uh, you couldn't host if you won, I believe it was. And uh, we and played. first time that a player on the other team shot 52 free throws in a game, I think. Charles Cooper from Gary, Indiana, yeah, I think, shot. Is, you know what the, the crazy thing and how the Horizon League did it is we never got on the court. The first time we ever got on the court was for the game. They'd already played two games. They'd practiced there numerous times. So, like, and not that that's a big deal. It should be that big a deal. Um, but it, it it didn't help. Um, and then Charles, who I'm a good friend with now, he's the uh, – I was not a good friend with him on that day. I, I hated his guts. And, <laughs> but uh, he's an awesome guy, amazing guy. Um, and so, I mean, six, you know, six, three guy, the guy shoots a hundred free throws in the game, but, um, but he's really good. So we made that run. It was like, I remember when we got out, I was like, all right, it's all right, guys, we got this. Like we're going to get in as an at large and we'll make noise that way. And we didn't get in as at large. And then we're like, well, we're going to, and then, and it was a big de- uh, defeat. And then Bryce did a great job of of uh, he had me put together me and oh, it, who was uh Luke Simons. Uh, so we were working on this thing about New York because we knew if we got disappointed and didn't get in the tournament, we were going to slip it. And Luke did an amazing job. I, I was uh, I helped him some, but he we put together with the song New York and all that and and some highlights and in the goal. And as soon as we got done, um, we showed what Luke put together. And uh, and so that let's turn the page really quick. We're going to the NIT. We'll probably be a one seed. We're probably going to host games. And this is what we're playing for. Who's been to Madison Square Garden and played there? And like, nobody. I was like, well, let's do it. And then it, we flipped the script quick. And our toughest of our first three opponents was our first game in Texas Southern. I mean, by far, like they, they played us tougher than anyone else. Um, and then we, you know, we blitzed, um, uh, Florida same state, a uh, Florida state, Florida I mean, state. I mean, it, we blitzed the them. Famous, I mean, they had no chance. Uh, the famous, uh, right. yep. assistant coaches from Florida state roll into town and told the staff at Kelsey's, uh, this is the, the urban legend that they rolled into town and told the staff at Kelsey's were, we're the best team, you know, we're going to roll over this team or whatever. And then, uh, I think somehow that got back to your guys and, uh, I don't actually know if that story is true, but that's what got back to the guys, and there was motivation there. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't really remember. I, I don't remember that. I, it, it, those type of motivations to me, I just, I don't, I don't believe in them. I think you should be motivated to dominate all the time and do your best. And so, if someone needs to take, now some guys it helps. And so, if it does, I love showing a movie. Then. 
like movies get you jacked up. I love that stuff. And, and if that helps, I'm using it. Right. I'm, I love motivation, but um, someone saying that they're going to beat you. Like I, I would hope all, all, every opponent we play is going to say that like, okay, yeah. that's not true. Um, but I don't remember that aspect. I just remember we were focused and we were just trying to get gym space. I realized we were trying to, we didn't know if we'd have a gym to play in because Lutheran basketball was coming in. Like that was like, we're going to play two games on NFT and Valpo. We might have to go play it at Valpo high. Because Valpo doesn't know, like, Lutheran basketball, we got to use the courts for Lutheran basketball. You guys can't use it to try to go to Madison Square Garden. And I'm like, what are you talking about, man? Like, let the Lutheran basketball kids watch. Like, and so, but this game was where they were going to set up. And so we played, and uh, we just, I mean, we played great, and we defended them. They couldn't get a good shot off. They had three NBA players. Uh, Alex played pretty well. But I, I remember Shane was getting, I think Shane had four or five dunks. Um, and they were huge, uh, but the shield was bigger. Um, and he wasn't, but he played bigger. And we just – everybody played well. Keith, uh, Darian, uh, everybody played well. Um, and so then the next game is against St. Mary's. And we had, we had a good crowd against against Florida State. It wasn't packed by any means, but it was a good crowd. And in St. Mary's, we played the next game. And what most people don't know is at 6 – we played at 7. At 6 o'clock is the um, – what's the, the induction speech for Lutheran basketball, what they do before every time? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Welcome at six. The con- convocation, yeah. Convocation. No, it was at seven. It was when we started. Convocation, and we start, and it was at seven. And we were like, "What? Can you move it to six? And it was like, "No, we can't move it to six because you know people have have set their schedules and the online media, the online presence. We have to keep it at seven. We're like, it's a Lutheran basketball tournament. We're gonna play to go to Madison Square Garden at seven. If you move it up an hour." Wouldn't that be an amazing experience, right? Well, no, I couldn't do it. So I, I, to this day, I can't fathom how that didn't happen. But anyway, it worked out great because we played the first half. It was really close. They were beating us, and in the last four minutes, they didn't score. And we cut the lead, or we were up three, down three, something like that. Well, at halftime, church let out. And they told everybody to go to the game. And when we come out to halftime, we got all these junior high Lutheran basketball players standing against the rails. They feel, and it wasn't packed in the first half. It was a good crowd, not great. But then a thousand or 2,000 Lutherans, like Valpo's got to embrace the Lutherans. Like, I mean, if we really embrace Lutherans, the school will flourish, in my opinion. But anyway, they show up and now it's packed. It's four people deep around the rail. No chance that the attendance record, I mean, the attendance is right for that game. It's, there's no chance there was a fire hazard for that game. It was just in the second half, too. So all the video we show and stuff is from the second half because it was so packed. We, we show the jump, but we zoom in so you can't see everybody. And then we skip the first half, and then we show them everything second because it's just <laughs> massive, right? And so – and we held them in real time. If you count halftime, like just minutes of a day, I think it was like 45 minutes without a point. Yep. And so it was something – 40 or 45 minutes. And then – and we beat them. Like they were the number two efficient team. And that's what everybody liked. Man, you guys, we were the like the Bryce Drew errors. Luckily, I got I was very fortunate to be in charge of the defense and do all the scouts. We were the best defensive team in the country that year. Like we won purely on defense. And then we had an NBA guy player and really good players on offense that could make shots enough, but we were a defensive team. And we held the number four team in the country in offensive efficiency to 44 points. I think, right? 44? Uh, yeah, yeah, and, and and thirteen in the second half when all the yeah. crazy so, things were in the uh, uh, yeah. So that was that was fun. Um, that that was one of my most memorable home games. Not because of the because uh, of how the fans came at halftime, but more importantly, this team could score and they could not score on us. And as somebody that prides defense, I love defense. Um, and uh, it was it was like man. We got that right. As a staff, we put together a good a good scout. We did the right things. Our guys executed, and we locked them up. So that was pretty cool. So Bryce leaves for Vanderbilt, and you uh, you make a decision to stay at Valpo. Um, and just uh, I imagine now it was a big challenge because now you're moving to the Valley, right? And but we didn't uh, know that. We yeah, I guess you didn't know that at the time, right? You didn't know that. Yeah, no. there was one. There was one year there. I always remember that there was like uh, the Matt took over. You guys had one more year in the Horizon League. Um, you know, Alex last year he gets hurt. 
tough situation. Um, and then the Valley and, uh, just, I mean, how big of a challenge was that? Well, you know, so Bryce got the Vanderbilt job and I'm getting blown up. I mean, everybody in Tennessee that I know all the, I mean, I'm, I'm the guy that recruited Tennessee and everything is just blowing me up. And Bryce is one of my closest friends. I love Bryce. And, um, and I thought it was, I, I, I thought for him, it was a great desk. I, I thought it was a great next step. I, I just, I really did. Um, and, and then I, I look back on what was great for me and me and my wife was thinking and, and we prayed about it and we just, we just looked at all the options. And once again, hardest thing I've ever done. It, it, almost one of the hardest things is, is cause I, I, all the time, I mean, for 11 years, how do I get Bryce Drew to be the best he can be as a coach? He's already, everybody knows him as a player. And like, I always felt this pressure if, as his assistant that he doesn't succeed. That's on me. Like, and so to see that he, we had succeeded quite a bit and that he was going to Vandy. I was like, then initially I was like, yeah, yeah. And that, then I stepped back and I'm like, it'd be an amazing challenge, unbelievable challenge. And I'd do anything for Bryce. And, uh, but if I, if, and I wanted the head coaching job at Balbo, I mean, I was, I, I thought I was in the mix and it was between us three assistants and, and Mark made a decision with Matt and Matt's one of my best friends. And I thought, if I can help Matt Loddick, who had three years experience win, then how much better will I be as a head coach when I become, and maybe it takes me longer to be a head coach. That's okay. Cause I don't want to be a head coach just to be a head coach. I want to be really, really prepared. Like I want to be in positions. So Matt Lodick treated me like a head coach for seven years. I cannot thank him enough. Like decisions on staff, recruiting, all these things that I was partly with. I did a lot. I was in a, a lot of it, you know? And so I know for a fact I'm much better today than I was seven years ago. And so um, not that it was just, I knew it'd be a different feel. And, and I laid this stuff out to my wife and I know that her family was so excited. Right. And she looks at me. She's like, it's going to be tough. Um, but no matter the role, and we, this all happened in a day, right? We got a day. Like, um, we knew about the Vanderbilt stuff before Bryce took it, obviously. Um, and, you know, talking to him about it and everything. And um, they had to make a decision, like, in a day, in my mind. Um, and so we made the decision to stay. And great decision. Um, and uh, I am a better coach today because – when, when you're in, when it's comfortable, uh, you don't get better in life. And, uh, and it, it was uncomfortable. Like we're taking over for absolute legends, like the Valpo legends and we win and, but we're in the rising league. We know how to win this league. That's that's what we, I mean, that's where we got this. Uh, first thing I did, Matt got introduced. I, I got, uh, uh we had Jace Roya lined up beforehand. We didn't have many cause we weren't going to bring in any freshmen. I don't think that. I think that was Bryce's plan. We're going to bring in all transfers and all that. And so I think within a day or two, Jay Soria committed. I was like, all right, I'll get you rolling. And as, as he committed, though, we were driving to Alex's house, right? And we were trying to get after him. And there, there was an assistant out there that was trying to recruit Alex really hard to leave. And we were like, we got to keep him. We got to keep him. We're going to keep him. So we went, and there was, and, and he hadn't left yet. And then, then the other schools started getting involved through back channels and, and doing things that, and it was like, and then I was like, well, what's right by Alec? Get him in the NBA. So then I was the NBA contact the whole time through this transition for Alec to get as many workouts as possible. We got a ton of them. It worked out great. He came back. And then we won league. Um, and we won league with Alec injured the last three games. Like, we, who knows? I mean, we probably, I, if Alec plays, we don't score uh, like 42 points or 41 points against Mark in the first round. Like, we win that game. We probably go to the NCAA tournament. We, we dominate the league for the most part. But then Alec got hurt and we lost a couple at the end and we were, we were rolling. Um, yeah. And then at the end of the year, I went to the NIT. Um, John Kaiser was great in the NIT game. His first good game. I mean, remarkably good. He always helped the team win. Him and Bugs have a lot of things in common and just helping their team always win. Um, and uh, then we get the news we're going to the Valley. All right, let's attack it. Let's attack it. We got we got a decent team, but we just lost the school's all-time leading rebound and score. And uh, but we had transfers coming in that the same way Valpo's always done. And they were sitting out and um and doing that. And uh, you know, it it, it was a good, it was a good it was a, the valley is uh 
it's not the Rosin League. I can tell you that. Yeah. It's not the Midcon. Um, and it and it got better and better after we got in. Like we we took we can get to this later. We took Wichita State spot, right? And if anybody knows anything about Wichita State, um, they get ten thousand fans a game. Like it is rocking. They're in a city of uh, four hundred thousand people. Like they traveled eight thousand people to the Valley tournament. Like they traveled more than we ever had at a home game to go to St. Louis to play games. So that's who we were placing. Like, I mean, that, I mean, it's, it was, I mean, in their history is absolutely amazing. And, and so we, but we're like, we got this, you know, strong and mighty. I know you pointed that out. Uh, uh, President Padilla likes the strongest. So we thought we were strong and mighty. We got after it. And then in year three, we go to the Valley championship game. And we're pretty good that year. I mean, like we lose some close ones. We win some close ones. We have, we, we beat Alabama. We beat uh, BYU. I think that year in, in Vegas, like, I mean, Matt Locke's got more wins against a ranked opponent than any Valpo coach in the history of the program. I don't know if anybody knows that, but he's got more wins against a ranked opponent in seven years than any coach in Valpo history. So, it's that's an accomplishment. I think, I I mean, I think it's a pretty good accomplishment for a small and mighty school. And so, um, so then then COVID hits the next year, and that's when it really got tough. Um, Because we just, it, it was you know, we'd lost some good players, Ryan Fazekas and, and Kaiser. And then, and, and the COVID year was really Ben, Ben Creek. He was in quarantine over a hundred days. Um, and it just wasn't, it was, you know, just, we had good players, but it was tough. And so that next year we were really good on defense, couldn't score a bit. Um, and it just didn't get going. Uh, but, and now with the NII, there's, there's schools in the Valley uh, that pay 25,000 to each player every semester. That's how much they're NII. So in order for Valpo to compete, and they have great facilities and all that, but I, I, the facility, I don't care about the facility. I, I don't, I don't think that's the biggest thing in my opinion. No one cares about my opinion on this. It's how many people can we put in the facility we have? They're really good at their job. And then how can we support the teams in every bit possible? So when the facility comes, we're ready to roll. And, um, and I think that's the biggest thing we got to do. We need a lot of Paul Warrens in a lot of different roles getting after it. I appreciate that. Um, it's a great look back at a lot of Valpo history. I'd be remiss if I didn't point to what I would imagine is your favorite memory. January 6th. Oh, yeah, man. I, I ain't got to say it, tell people. It's at Detroit. Eric Bugs hits a game winner. There we I go. my best moment, and it was simply because I was a dad. And now you know I'll cry now, but it was because I was a dad, and I could go back to the hotel and tell my new son, who we found out that we had a son, two days before the game. And I still did the scouting report and everything. I was still at the game. I did all that stuff. But I did it from a hotel. That's how great Bryce Drew is as a boss. And I did all that stuff showed up. I mean, I, it was awesome. So I got, I got the, at three o'clock in the morning, I got back to the hotel in Fort Wayne and I got to tell uh, my big man, big Bartholomew um, about the game. And, and the guy that hits the game winner and takes the charges, Eric Bucks is like, it's perfect. So. January 6th, 2012, one of the great, one of the great memories. Uh, you can read about it all on the Northwest Indiana Times website called Wait. It was an award-winning article, I believe, like by, by this writer that is one of the best. Like, he probably is <laughs> the best in the Chicagoland area. And uh, so if you haven't read it or any of his work, subscribe to the victorybell.com and he'll send you uh, daily emails or when there's a coaching sayings, hourly emails on everything possible. He interviewed uh, Andrew, who handles equipment at Valpo. That's coming up next. And then uh, <laughs> Andy Justin's going to be on the next one. And don't forget the dot, dot, dot nectar line uh, story that's going to happen in three days. And don't forget, <laughs> Merle Nelson is coming on this show. Oh, come on now. No. I mean, <laughs> all these guys are going to want to talk because P.O. right now has got to get an article, I mean, something out every hour. So I'm just giving you ideas of great people to interview. Oh, man, this is uh... – this is the period exclamation point on a long – well, you know, obviously then it's like uh, coaches, players, all that stuff. But I'm taking a break for at least 48 hours after this thing goes up. Um, <laughs> you deserve I do, do want to ask, um, again, you know, you and Roger have known each other for a long, long time. He gets the job. But again, you, it didn't matter to you, right? Who was going to be coming in? You yeah, I, 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 I'll, I'll answer. 
I so um so I'm fired up this whole time. I'm working to get jobs. I, I'm, I got leads. I'm doing stuff. I'm interviewing. Um, I'm at the final four. I have a few interviews there. But one of the first people I see, just pure happenstance, is Roger and his wife Tara, and we hang out and we eat a meal together and just talk. And and I don't know if he's going for the job or not. I don't even. I say, Roger, I don't care. I don't know. It's not my business. If you want to go get it, if you don't want to go get it, and and we got into. I just told him like these are the the great possibilities. These are the obstacles. These are this is what the job is. The school is different in in some ways than when you left. And I'll make it one thing. I'll make it easy for whoever that I'm not staying. Like, but I'm going to help whoever comes in this. All they have to do is ask me for help. But in my thought process, is this is what I need to do for me to succeed. I'm not getting interviewed for this job, so I need to do something so the next time that this job's open or the next time a job like this is open that I get interviewed and Valpo wasn't going to do it for me. And Charles Small has been great um, through the whole process. He's, uh, I mean, I, I think I'll have a great relationship with Charles for a long time. Um, um, and so, uh, it's, it's so I, but, and he, and I told him that when we met, I'm like, Charles, I, no, no matter who you hire, I'm not, I mean, I, I got to go. And he's like, I agree. You, you've been, and he was like, hey, Charles is awesome. So that's, that was the mindset with it. Um, uh, but it was, it was also bittersweet at the same time. Um, and not having a job is very scary. Um, so, um, so that, yeah. So then when Roger got the job, I text him, Hey, congrats, congrats, brother. You need anything? Let me know. And, uh, and then we, you know, we met, uh, after he got on campus and I, me and you were having lunch. I came back, we met, he met with me after everybody else. And it was simple conversation. I mean, nothing major. He was, he looked, I mean, you know, it was like, uh, two former colleagues hanging out, and I was like, "Roger, I'll make this easy on you." Uh, we talked before the Final Four; nothing's changed with me, but I'll help you in every way possible. And um, and I was like, "You don't have to, you don't have to explain any of your reasons or anything with this. It's good, man." And so, um, and that's how it went. And it was, it was like, so I'm here um to help Alpo in the future. Um, so that that that's kind of how it worked. But I also had a, I mean, had an ace in my sleeve. I mean, I was. At the time that I already met with him, I already accepted a job to Wichita State. And um, so I didn't want to tell anybody but Paul Owen. Because somehow, if Paul Owen doesn't break the news on Roger Powell being the head coach, I don't like who's feeding the information to other people. It's amazing to me. You should get the first story every time on Balpo. And so I've told close friends, um, but like it, it was unfortunate. I'd have been at Roger's press conference too. It had nothing to do with Roger. I maybe not being there. I'd have been there because it's something important to Valpo. I'm a Valpo alum. I live in Valpo. Why wouldn't I be? But I was on a flight to to Wichita uh, to hang out with them and and do that. So uh, I, I missed it, and so I, I feel bad about that a little bit, but not really because it was it one. I got the second date in my calendar after get going. I got April twelfth, Wichita, twenty twenty three. So um, so that that was my rundown of that, and so. Super excited about Valpo. I mean, I love him, but right now I am overly excited about my next step. And uh, I'm really excited that the other guys on staff, for the most part, have found a landing spot. I'm going to keep trying to help the guys I haven't. And um, I just, I'm thankful for Valpo and I love Valpo. And, and uh, you know, I just, and I, I got Paul Warren. Like, how do you not love Paul Warren? Well, I look, I appreciate all of that, but I, I think what we heard in there was some shocking news wichita state this is exciting right um thrilled for you can't wait to see what happens um you know i was i I wasn't sure if you were going to reveal that i was gonna when you were talking up wichita state earlier i was gonna say oh that sounds like a great place to work but um uh very very excited for you and uh any any ideas of what that entails or is that still being worked out right now no i'm gonna be the director of ops um yeah paul i, I don't need to like I, I i just as you know my whole life i just i just tell exactly what it is i am going to assist that program coach mills who's an amazing individual who's extremely successful really knows how to coach he has an amazing staff i'm friends with some of the guys on the staff i mean everybody i mean it's just a a, a, a dynamic ad that just just got hired i mean it's just so i am going to do what i do i am going to try it my best to make everyone better at Wichita State. That's it. I'm a, Whatever the role is, I'm going to do my best 
that every player knows I'm there for him, whether it's a flat tire or it's it's talk about defense or whatever it is, whether it's a mom that needs a hug or, you know, uh, a call when their kid is feeling down, whatever it is, whatever Coach Mills needs, whatever any of the coaches need, uh, they're, they're awesome guys. And I'm, that's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. And uh, I'm going to do it every day. And then I'm going to love on my family in Wichita, so. In, in Wichita, Kansas, right? Yeah, so yeah. Uh, believe, man, you got some Ted Lasso in you right there, right? Well, he, he came from Wichita. I know, I know. And it, with a program that doesn't have football. Um, so it's amazing. That's how I don't think many people realize that when they're watching the show that, you know, it's a it's a basketball school. So that's what Absolutely. makes it even fun. Hey, Luke, I, I just thank you so much. Obviously, we're going to continue to be connected in life, but uh, you have done – so much for me over the years. Um, this podcast, the scheduling podcasts. Uh, yeah, we. I don't know if we can do that now. Most of the schedules out. I mean, done. We could really do some stuff right now, and really, but we can't. We're not doing that. Yeah, let's not. Uh, you know, let's just put a pin in that one. You know, um, you just let me know if I got to get ready for the Gulf Coast or not, because I don't think we have to. But uh, anyway, uh, I'm excited. I'm excited for you. Um, I'm going to wrap this up now so I can hop online and get my Wichita State gear because uh, I'm going to support you in whatever way that I can as well. So, Luke, thank you very much. Thanks, brother. All right. And I love you guys.